Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey, welcome to a very special edition of the Growing in Grace podcast. I'm Joel Brzezinski along with Mike Kapler. What we're going to do here on our, believe it or not, 700th podcast is we're going to share some highlights from uh, some past programs here. So have you ever had one of those things where you just, you're at a place in life or you're somewhere and you just cannot figure out how in the world you got there? That's kind of where I'm at with this. I have no clue. When I think of the number 700, that's a lot of time we spent talking and recording and editing and all that stuff. So I I just think it's amazing uh, what God has done with uh, this podcast, getting us to 700 podcasts. As Eeyore would say, (laughs) woohoo. So what we've done here, Joel, is we just real quickly, we didn't have a lot of time. We lead busy lives and we work and all of that. But we we did go back into the archives probably over the past year anyway or so. And and I don't know if there there are some that would be older than that or not. But we just grabbed a a handful of sound bites and uh, some of our favorite little clips. It's hard to pick them all out of 700 programs. Uh, Even over the last year, it's hard to sift through them all and, and find some highlights. But we think we've put together some good ones here. And I hope you enjoy them. The law does not produce the fruit of the Spirit. The Spirit produces the fruit of the Spirit, and he does it through us in this new covenant. Why? Because now the life of Christ lives in us, and and the grace of God empowers us to live in a righteous sort of way. The law could not empower us to do that. It just demanded perfection. It couldn't provide us with any ability to, to attain it or to achieve it. When you get this revelation, this understanding that that God is for you, he's not against you, that he has made you to be the righteousness of God. It's not just something that he sees through some filter, but he has literally made you that. Christ became sin, and we became righteous. This is the type of stuff that revolutionizes a Christian's life, and that's the type of things we like to share on this podcast. The less sin in your life, the better. I mean, Paul was accused with this grace message, especially with the Jewish community who had this important heritage with the law that came through Moses and all of that. And here Paul was now advocating that the law would not bring life. It's been tossed aside. It's been made obsolete. And it brought death and condemnation. And so he had these people saying, are you just saying people can go out and do whatever they want? (laughs) And Paul said, certainly not. You know, how, how are we who are dead to sin, why is it that we would want to live any longer in it? What really helped me and, and played a part in, in the revol- revolution in my own life was knowing that God wants this relationship. And so he did what it took for us to have this relationship with him. Before, it was, I knew that he had done everything for salvation. I was saved going to heaven and all that stuff. But yet, this relationship with him, it was it was up to me. And then I came to realize that he had done everything. He had made me righteous. He had set me apart. He had made me holy. He had sanctified me. He had forgiven me of all sins, past, present, and future. Reducing your sin count, as I just said, it's a good thing, but that has nothing to do with your position with God in Christ. It doesn't. It's not how he relates to you. It's not going to change where you stand for all of eternity. 
and he has empowered us with something called grace. Grace empowers us to live godly lives in Christ Jesus and teaches us to deny ungodliness. Much of the church thinks that those things that will help people are a list of things to do. If you just do these things, uh, your walk with God will be great. Uh, but it's it's so much easier said than done. <laughs> and in fact, as we found out with the law of Moses, it's the same that's true with even these Christian laws and rules that we come up with, that you give people a list of things that they need to do, and they're going to fail. They're going to fall flat on their face. They might do good in, in various degrees on some of those things, but ultimately it leads them back to a sin consciousness, and it leads them back to failure, because that's not the message of the gospel. Just think about this for a minute. They have, by and large, for the most part, have been taking us down a path that is actually a dead-end street. This is, this is mind-boggling when you stop and think about it as you begin to understand the Word of God in, in separation of the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And that is that they have been taking us down a path that will lead to more sinning, more condemnation, more guilt, and more frustration. And in some ways, it will often lead to less love, <laughs> mm -hmm. either love being received and understood from God and being able to extend that love to, to others. And how have they been doing that? They've been doing it through something Paul called the ministry of death and condemnation. Jesus said, you shall be perfect. The standard is not try your hardest. It's like, do your best and God will do the rest. No, that's not the gospel. That's not, that's not even the law. The law is, you shall be perfect. James said that you can keep all of the commandments. And again, there are 613. But if you fall short in only one, you're guilty of all because you're a lawbreaker. And so the standard is perfection. If people are going to build a foundation that says stop sinning, and that's the gospel, um, that's good advice. It's just not necessarily the foundation of the gospel. People will say, well, repent of your sins. You grace guys, you don't talk about repentance. And, uh, you know, you need to repent of your sins. Well, we do need to repent. Jesus said that. John said that. Others said that. But it doesn't usually say repent of your sins. It just says repent, which means, by the way, to have a change of mind. But people have this other mindset that says, well, repent means to stop sinning. Well, if that's the case, then nobody has really repented, have they? Forgiveness was kind of the prerequisite. The problem was that sin entered the world and death through sin, and therefore all, all died because everybody sinned. The problem was death. We needed to be made alive again. And so the prerequisite for us being made alive again was that first there needed to be forgiveness provided for all the world. And then Jesus, he died, took our sin upon himself on the cross. Sin was placed in his body. He died and our sin was taken away, and then he rose again from the dead. And the Bible talks many times about this justification, this righteousness, this life being received by grace through faith. When we believe, there is nobody who has life or righteousness or salvation who hasn't believed. We want to make that clear. I would make the case that we grace renegades have more respect for the law than those who are advocating that people should try to keep it. We are lifting it up and saying, this is a perfect, righteous, and holy standard that none of us are able to keep up with. No human being has ever been able to live up to it except for Jesus Christ, who fulfilled the law on our behalf. 
For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? Again, the Old Covenant Scriptures. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. So the gospel was declared right there in Genesis 15, 6, although they didn't really realize it at the time. It was revealed later to Paul that when Abraham believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness, that's really what the gospel is. It's the righteousness of God revealed, the righteousness of God given to us. Jesus did that here. He gave a bullet point for what represents the entire law from the Old Covenant. With over 600 rules, commands, and statutes, Jesus wrapped it up and put it down into one sentence. Whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. It's often referred to as the golden rule. You talk to people who aren't Christians, sometimes they'll fall back on that. And, you know, it's it's one of those things, though, where it's part of the law. Speaker and, and author Brad Robertson, I, I love how he phrased this. Uh, he said this one sentence sentences the entire human race to death. Why? <laughs> because nobody could do this. You see, if we could just get it shrunk down to something simple like Jesus just made it, if we could just do this. They call it good news for a reason. You know, Jesus himself called it good news. He said, repent, which means change your thinking and believe the good news. Now, who was he talking to? He was talking to Jewish people who had been under the law, the law of Moses, for 1,500 years as a group of people, and they were seeking to establish their own righteousness by keeping the law. It's God's righteousness that we need. We couldn't do it ourselves, even though Israel was trying, and so Jesus said, repent, change your thinking, change your mind about this thing, stop trying to obtain this through what you do, and just simply believe the gospel. Grace does not give you a license to sin. Grace will not lead you into sin. Neither will the Spirit of God, who is the Spirit of grace. Let's not insult the Spirit of grace uh, by saying that uh, too much grace without some boundaries. Uh, oh, <laughs> you know, I, I get it. But quit trying to reason from the flesh. And let's take a look at what the Scripture has to say in the proper context of the Old and the New Covenant. What? really has happened for us in Christ is that God has gifted us with his very own righteousness. He's taken away our sin. Not that we don't commit sinful actions or ungodly actions, but he's taken away our sin. He's dealt with it. He's not punishing us for our sins. He's not convicting us of the sins that we commit because he's already dealt with that. The cross worked, and the cross is where our sins were taken away. You know, we're not engrafted Jews. That That's misleading. And there's a couple different passages where people will pull that out. But Paul wrote that there really is no longer Jew or Gentile in Christ. These two groups of people, Jews and Gentiles, were once separated by a dividing wall. You know what that was? It was the law of commandments with ordinances that, that came from that law from the first covenant. Jesus tore the barrier or the wall down, and the two became one. They became like one man. But we're one in Christ, you see, where the two came together. There is no longer Jew or Gentile. What was dividing the two was taken away and, and, and nailed to the cross. This is my 
heartfelt, deep belief that what God has done for us is meant to free us up and take us out of bondage. Whether we were in the bondage of the law, like the Jews were, whether we were in the bondage of not knowing God, which the Gentiles were, without God, without any hope in this world, what God has done for us is meant to free us. What he did restored the fellowship of humanity with God. Those who believe in him no longer perish but have eternal life, everlasting life. That's what God has done for us. We cannot become more righteous. <laughs> wow, doesn't that take some of the pressure off? I hope so. And now this frees us up to be able to experience with this new identity and, and a greater understanding of God's love and grace. It now frees us up to be able to, to live in a way, with the life of God in us, to live in a way where we can actually enjoy God and the special relationship that he, he has established with us in Christ. I want to be a part of this this love relationship with God all the more. I want to know his love and his grace and his peace and joy. And this, I want to know the stuff that has been freely given to me. And so that's something that uh, we, we can rest in. And, and so knowing that, knowing that we can rest in that, it just it revolutionizes a life and we can be free in that. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.